Welcome back to season two of the Love Letters to Virginia podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Pazmino. Thanks for listening. Spencer Tinkum works in contemporary sculpture and art restoration and was recently featured as Virginia Mocha's artist in residence for the month of June. Hey, Spencer, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Good, thanks. So how have you been enjoying your residency? Oh, it's been great. Yeah, I've, I've uh, really enjoyed it. It's a great opportunity. Um, I'm really grateful for, um, you know, the chance to show work and to be there and, um, you know, and they're also kind of financially supporting me, which is, which is pretty huge. So, so what, it, what aspect of it are you most excited to share with people? It's been great. One of the things I've gotten out of it the most is being able to just kind of talk about the work. Um, and I'm excited to share, uh, really kind of a new body of work that I kind of started during the pandemic. Um, I haven't really had much opportunity until recently to show it. And, um, and this is cool because I'm able to physically work on it, um, and show it at the same time. So that's kind of unique. Um, but, uh, yeah, one thing that, um, so I don't do too many shows anymore. I used to do a lot of shows, like outdoor art shows. And um, my first goal, <clears throat> excuse me, my first goal was to make a living as an artist. My second goal was to not have to do the outdoor art shows, um, which they're just, they're, they, they're really tough they take a lot of time they're not they're not cheap um and it's just it's brutal on a lot of different levels um you have to travel really far there's a lot of time making the work a lot of time packing unpacking um you know 99 percent of the people are just kind of kicking tires and you get a lot of um kind of weird comments that kind of you know Oh, kind of, kind of harden you, I guess. Um, and uh, but one of the best things about it is you learn to talk. You learn to get your ele- your to develop your elevator speech. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get your pitch down <clears throat> by by hearing the questions that people ask. You kind of know what most of the people that look at your work think. You know, mm-hmm. when they first see it. Um, and so that's really helpful And this residency has kind of given me that opportunity to figure out what do people, you know, think when they look at it, not that I would change the work, but as far as just shaping my pitch, um, you know, it's been helpful for that right now. I'm, I'm working on macro sculptures. It's similar to macro photography. Um, but in sculpture form and where macro photography, you have a lens that um, separates you from what you're viewing with what I'm making in a sculpture. There's no separation. You're able to see and, and touch the piece that you're looking at. 
Um, I'm working on objects from nature. So at Virginia Mocha. I'm creating macro feathers. Um, I also do insect parts, fish scales, and want to get into plant uh, flowers and leaves as well. So it's kind of my quick little pitch. Um, it's, it's right now the feathers are in wood. Um, the I've done butterfly wings where it's wood and canvas. Um, you know, I, I use all kinds of materials. I use metal. Um, so every, everything's kind of a, a medium for me, but I do like sculpture um, and I do kind of prefer wood. Um, and then I paint in oil. Which art form did you start with? Uh, well, I don't have any art training, so um, it's literally kind of all over the place. I, I guess I started whittling sticks um, and I started whittling sticks on the um, back porch with my grandfather on my dad's side and um, he passed away from cancer shortly after we started you know spending that time that time bonding um, and I was about eight years old um, and then I just kind of continued to carve whatever I could kind of you know pick up and, and sculpt um, from an early age I, I went on to doing um, scrap pieces of wood like firewood um, also did soap bars so any kind of soap bar lying around the house um, I turned that into a sculpture so yeah and then and then um, I just kind of progressed from there um, and uh, I got into doing kind of functional stuff so I did duck decoys that were um, you know, used to lure um, ducks, and um, that was a great way to learn because the ducks they would land around the decoys, and I could see kind of what I was, you know, the subject that I was trying to kind of capture, literally right next to what I had made. So it was an it was a kind of easy way to critique my own work um, through trial and error. Um, I could tell if my proportions were off, if my colors were off, if my patterns were off. Um, decoys have to float, so it's also kind of like building a boat. So, oh wow, they're hollow, and you know if they if they sit sink down too far or float up too high, you know you could. There's a lot of factors, and then you know they at certain um, you know if it's real windy, you don't want them to kind of like plow through the waves but you also don't want them to like you know bob all around um so it, it was uh it was interesting and and um I never viewed it as art so most of my life what I've made I, I haven't viewed it as art um it was more like a functional tool I guess um and uh then um I went to college and never really figured out what I wanted to do in college. Um, I almost afterwards pursued um, tugboating. I was really interested in, in working on a tugboat, um, possibly harbor piloting. Um, and then, uh, 
you know, this is some the, the art and the sculpture and the carving is something that I'm, I'm, I've always been really passionate about. And it was kind of, um, you know, really, really pushed as, you know, like it's a, a good hobby and, and don't think about trying to make it a career. Um, and uh, so kind of growing up that that uh, voice was always there um, from myself and from people around me and um so the end then I just decided to go for it and follow something I was passionate about and tried to make it work for six months financially and um the first six months went went well and then I extended it another six months and then was able to extend it another year and then um I'm on year seven right now so it's it's been going pretty well so far it's it's been it's been hard um but I've grown a lot as a person and as an artist um you know I think there's a lot to be said for just going for it I know it sounds cliche but it gives you the opportunity out of necessity to have to really get better um and uh you know I've I've just grown um in a lot of a lot of ways um, in these past few years has been been a real challenge and of course you know the pandemic I started kind of getting a little bit comfortable and then the pandemic kind of rocked my world um, but uh, yeah I think I think I'm always trying to figure things out and I think if if I'm not at that point if I'm if I don't feel like um, you know I like knowing that I don't know a lot and um, if I ever feel I know everything or know what I'm doing, then I guess point because uh, I'm not exploring enough, not pushing myself enough, and I'm too complacent. So I hope I never kind of have that feeling. Um, but it's scary to kind of realize that um, you kind of will never uh, or hope to never um have things figured out it's a roller coaster um for sure a lot you know high highs and low lows and a mix in between but you gotta stay hungry and um yes and, and find ways to uh to continue to, to make it work um and you know this i kind of plunged into this um but i had kind of a little bit of a second job um, I still wanted to keep it art related. That was really important to me um, was to not um, do a side gig where it wasn't really art focused. Because um, I, I just, those first six months especially, I just really wanted to, um, it was kind of, I felt like it was my one shot. And if I was going to take it, I need to just kind of dive in. Um, so I do. Uh, not so much anymore, but more so in the beginning. I do a lot of art restoration um, on antiques and stuff. And that was also, um, it has been helpful to um, learn from because I was able to handle um, antiques and things that were broken um, and figure out one, why they were broken, and two, by looking at how they were broken, I could kind of see how they were made. And um, I could kind of learn from how the makers of these these objects that were trained 
um, whether it's with the painting or the sculpting or the metalwork or the gilding. Um, I could see kind of, I could kind of deconstruct how they did it. And um, that was a really good teacher for me. Um, and I got to handle and, and be up close and touching really nice art that I couldn't afford. Um, and it was kind of like, you know, like checking a book out of the library where I could kind of, you know, keep it for a little bit and then fix it and send it back and um, get paid for that. So it was, it was kind of a sweet gig. Um, but right now my, with my own art, um, uh, I'm a lot busier doing that and um, really, I'm really selective on the restoration that I do now. But that was really, uh, that was something that was really helpful, especially um, a few years ago when I was just starting full time to have something to kind of help pay the bills, um, but keep me around art and keep developing me um, with the arts. That's really inspiring. I love talking to people who started from a, a point where they were like, I'm not really sure I can do this but you push yourself you have to keep pushing yourself too to keep it successful definitely yeah as you know like i said if, if you feel like you know um for sure that you can do it or or that you have everything figured out i think um i think you're kind of at a disadvantage um because i think the stress i think the um the journey of trial and error and, and trying to just go for things and, and messing up and pivoting um, is really helpful. Um, and it kind of creates, you know, a unique voice and, and a unique niche. I ask everyone the same question. Is there any distinctive factor about Virginia locals? I guess, um, you know, so I'm from Norfolk and for what it's worth, um, I think Virginia Beach people dress a little bit more like tourists than Norfolk people do. So it's a little bit harder for me to kind of, um, you know, tell like a Virginia Beach local from a Virginia Beach tourist, you know. I definitely get that because the only <laughs> thing that I feel like unifies people at Virginia Mocha is that the people that live here have a membership. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I think, definitely, um, I think I'm, I have, I have memberships to museums that are, you know, that I, I maybe go to once a year or, or once every few years at different parts of the country, and I th think even if you're not a local, it's important to support museums, um, because they just have awesome, like, engage, the good ones have great ways to engage you and, and, um, hopefully you know people will support that even if they're not close um so i lived in texas for a while and my wife is from chicago and we always joke that the the easiest way to tell if somebody is from hampton roads um besides how they pronounce norfolk is uh if a like if, if you want to meet up somewhere and it's like 20 or 30 or 40 minutes away kind of the hesitation from you know locals to want to you know drive that distance and meet up is a big uh you know big giveaway for i think a local you know texas people will drive like an hour an hour and a half to go to dinner 
uh, like oh each God. way. And Chicago people, like her dad used to drive, I think like three hours each way just to go to work. Um, oh my gosh. And here in Hampton Roads, like if it's over, and even me, if it's over like 15 minutes, I really kind of, I either try to try to group everything together on one day or I kind of find ways to not have to go. So um, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> not not so much with, with like getting together with friends. I do stretch it for that. But as far as like, um, you know, like, uh, I don't know, going to uh, like certain grocery stores or something like that. Um, or if, uh, you know, going and getting like some plants. My wife's a big plant person and um, she likes going to McDonald's when they have their sales and that's like a 30 minute drive. And we really kind of have to like, it takes a lot of motivate. It takes a lot to motivate me to kind of tag along and, <laughs> and, and spend the time for that huge trip 30 minutes away, you know. But I think that for me, I think that's probably a big giveaway and a lot of, a lot of people from outside the area, I think maybe pick up on that pretty quickly. Um, so, well, if you're going to be working on some some botany uh, replication, maybe that'll be incentive. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, when it comes to like studying birds, um, or you know, I, I subscribe to all these like rare birds. I'm a big. I think birds. Um, I'm doing a lot of macro sculptures now where I'm not just doing birds, but for me, birds have always kind of been my, um, probably my biggest passion. Um, and whenever there's like a rare bird, especially like after a storm that's kind of blown in, I get these emails where it's like, so-and-so, you know, this bird and it doesn't matter if it's an hour, hour and a half, whatever, I'm, I'm going to try to check it out so that's awesome yeah. well that's good to know i love birds too i actually it's silly i call them sky glitter <laughs> that's awesome i've never heard that but i love it i might start using that you taught yourself how to paint yeah i've taught myself how to paint that's amazing um i started with acrylic and then moved to oil one because i realized you know different people will say different things but i think from what I've seen in a course coming with kind of a little bit of an antique, you know, in a restoration background, um, the oil seemed to be more collectible. Um, and then, uh, you know, not, not that that's a fact, um, but it was just something that, that kind of influenced me early on. Um, and even though I kind of, I don't really have too much of an opinion one way or another. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why I kind of switched. Um, and then working with, with doing restoration. Um, so restoration is different than conservation. Restoration, um, you're, you're putting stuff that's not reversible on the piece. Conservation, you're using um, paints and, and methods that could always be reversed. So... Um, for restoration, I was working with pieces that were painted in oil. It's not reversible what I'm doing. I wanted to be able to apply oil, you know, to 
to blend things out and um, chemically I could crackle it and create the patina to kind of match. Um, I could figure out kind of what types of heavy metals were in different paints and try to kind of get it close to that. Um, the biggest the biggest challenge is trying to figure out in 70 years or 100 years or whatever as the oil mellows and ages you know how can you get the stuff that you applied this year to kind of age at the same rate as something that had been applied you know 100 or 150 or whatever years ago um so hopefully people you know hopefully i did a good job and hopefully nobody will you know track me down at that point um but uh, I probably won't be around anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, conservation, you can reverse. Um, and uh, I used to mix most of my oils from pigment form, where I take raw pigment powder. Um, I still do that a fair amount, but not, um, not 100%. Um, I do use some artist oils now. Um, and then I like oil paints because they they take a little bit longer to dry and it gives me a lot of time to blend and to come back and tweak things in my own work. So most of my stuff, it dries um, in about 12 hours so I can get it where, it, you know, it's, it's pretty dry. You know, if I paint in the morning, it'll be dry in the evening or dry, you know, by the next morning. Um, and uh, I'm working on a bunch of different pieces at once so I could always jump around. Um, I think that's important. If one piece gets too frustrating, always have something else to jump on so that you don't overwork uh, a particular piece. And uh, yeah, but it's just oils is kind of how I roll right now. I've gotten really comfortable with it. Um, I like how it works. I like the, you know, slower drying times. I'm not really aging my finishes on my own work. I used to do that for a period um, where I was making pieces and aging the material and aging the paint. Um, and then I had some of my original works being passed off as original, you know, antique pieces um, for a lot of money. And that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way and kind of, you know, made me shift away from that and, and away from having too much influence from, from older pieces. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, I think, you know, for better or for worse, it's all part of the journey. And, um, uh, like I said, there have been a lot of unexpected highs and lows, um, but I try to learn from each and always trying to make better work. Um, and I'm really you know, grateful for any opportunity to share it or show it. Um, and uh, I also think the process of, of art is really cool. And I'm grateful for social media, one for helping me sell more and get, get my work out. But I also love seeing the process of other people's work. Um, I think there's a real art in, in just the process. Um, and 
with smartphones and, and with social media. Originally, it kind of seemed like everybody was becoming a professional photographer, and now everybody seems like they're trying to become a professional videographer. And you know, I don't think, I don't think professional is a relative term, but it's great to see just kind of higher quality videos and pictures of processes. Um, and I just think that that's really interesting. Um, and uh, I try not to be on social media too much. Um, I do think that that's a really kind of like a double-edged sword. But yeah, I, I, I'm an artist. I, I'm also, you know, I like to collect art. I like to create art. I love to see what other people are making, see other people's process. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just trying to be as much, you know, a part of it as I can. What's the most frequently asked question that people have for you? Well, I don't have any finished pieces um, around me physically right there. So a lot of people have a, a difficult time um, telling, you know, understanding what the finished piece that I'm working on is going to look like. Um, it, it, art shows I've done in the past outdoors, a lot of people ask if it's ceramic um, or metal or, or bronze or something. Um, people, you know, probably asking what the material is, is, is one of the, the biggest questions, even though even, and that, that was surprising to me is things that I think are super self-evident, such as looking at something where you could see wood grain, um, and stuff like that. The most frequent question is what kind of material is this, or is this ceramic or bronze? Um, so it's something I didn't really expect, but uh, just from from showing the work, you kind of learn um, things that you think will be the biggest question or the biggest uh, challenge to share. It probably won't be what you what you think it is. Um, the macro stuff is is really hard uh, because it is it's kind of realism to the point of abstraction. And at Virginia Mocha, uh, I'm, I'm working on pieces, but like I said, I don't have finished pieces around me. And so it's hard for people to kind of see the starting point and then kind of understand where the finish line is. Um, and even kind of in sharing the process of it, uh, when I was working on my first series of macro sculptures, you know, for like months, no, but a lot of people had no clue what I was doing. They're like, are these things, I like them round because it kind of reminds me of looking through like a microscope. Um, but I've done them in other shapes too. And I think just depending on the pattern, um, you, you know, you kind of figure out which shape works best um, for like such a, like a butterfly wing or a bird or whatever you're, you're doing, uh, whatever the pattern is, I think you kind of figure out your cropping shape from the pattern. Um, but yeah, so a lot of these round pieces, people were wondering if I was making tabletops. Um, and uh, some people think they're all, like all the feathers are, are palm frond leaves that I'm carving. Uh, so yeah, there's there's always, there's it's always interesting to kind of see 
what figure out what the most common question and opinion and perspective is. And I think the only way to do that is just to kind of, you know, be out there in the masses and throw the art out there into the masses where you can kind of have that experience. Um, of course, it's been really difficult during the pandemic because there haven't been those kinds of opportunities. I traveled a lot less and I spent a lot more time in the studio, a lot more time creating, a lot more time thinking, and I really kind of slowed down. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, I made this kind of new body of work. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, even though my wife's was a COVID nurse and it was like a really challenging time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for just kind of a little bit of, uh, just having the the time to create and and almost kind of have a residency like in my own studio where it's just really focused really productive um i'm learning a lot um traveling less planning less shows i'm so excited for you thank you yeah the piece that i love from you the most that i've seen so far is the alligator and the bird hit the deck hit the deck and it's made of recycled skateboards. Yeah, yeah, I think um, like as far as Hampton Roads, there's a there's a, a huge skate culture and, and Virginia Beach, you know, you have the surf culture as well. Um, and uh, so, yeah, skateboards have these beautiful um, colored layers in them. And, and when you kind of glue them up and shape them, it's kind of like slicing an onion where the colored layers turn into these crazy bands. And uh, for a while, I was using that in my work a lot. Uh, and uh, right now, I'm kind of focusing more on the macro sculptures. Um, but uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of just thrashed, broken, skateboards uh that i'm still kind of waiting to to do something with so i never really abandoned any style or or phase completely but um you know i do kind of focus on certain things more than others and right now i'm kind of focused on the macro stuff it's always great to revisit you know yeah yeah and and i think I think by um, jumping around, I'm doing different processes using different techniques and learning a lot. And hopefully, you know, when I do circle back, I'm more skilled and have a better technical and creative skill set to kind of do something even, even different and kind of push the envelope a little bit farther. I, I do love Norfolk. I do love Virginia Beach, Hampton Roads, Virginia. Uh, yeah, I think, I think living in a different part of the country you know, you kind of, you kind of know, you kind of figure out what you take for granted when you leave this area. And, uh, so it's great to be back. It was weird moving back because most of my friends, you know, were gone by the time that I moved back. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, being a foreigner to my own hometown again. Um, but that's been great. It's kind of helped me refocus and focus on my art. Um, and have fewer distractions. Working I'm grateful out. for everything. Yeah. You know, I lived in Texas for like five years and then I really started missing weird things. Um, like I didn't realize how much I loved to fish. I mean, I, I knew I loved to fish a lot, but I didn't realize how, how much happiness I got from fishing or being around the water or, um, you know, just kind of, you know, the temperature, the weather, 
Um, I think about stuff like that, and I, I don't know. I feel like that's that's a kind of a unique perspective, but that only like people who grew up in Virginia have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. Yeah, today. thanks for interviewing me, and uh, you know, I'm really excited and honored to be a part of this podcast and um it's been awesome seeing you at virginia mocha yeah have a good night all right you too take care thanks bye hey this is latasha holloway i plan to be the future mayor of virginia beach but when the time comes i will need your support as a veteran of the healthcare field i understand something about empathy We must have empathy and compassion in order to improve Virginia Beach. Do you have a hard time coming up with content ideas for your podcast? I find that there is nothing more embarrassing than all of a sudden being stumped in the middle of a conversation where it's like, I know I had more questions for you, but I just can't remember what they are right now. And that's why I'm trying Poddex. Poddex is the best all-in-one podcast idea generation tool. You get everything from episode ideas to interesting conversation starters for interviews, engaging discussions for your live streams, and even social media content ideas. With this tool, you don't have to spend weeks trying to come up with content for an episode or unique questions for your guests. Just shuffle the cards and pick one at random hit the record button, and get started. Now you can make better content, have more fun while you're at it, and get your viral moment. All with Poddex. Head over to poddex.com and use code C4C. Thank you.